received the engrafted word with meekness, for it's able to save our souls. We thank you for our helper, our teacher, our paraclete, our comforter, the Holy Spirit, the one who walks alongside of us. Holy Spirit, we welcome your help on tonight. And Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We wrapped up the fivefold. And I pray that everyone understands the fivefold. And if you understand the fivefold, and we all on one accord with the fivefold, we shouldn't have no isms and schisms, should we? Everybody should know how the fivefold operate, and by us knowing how they operate, we can cooperate. Amen? That was good, wasn't it? <laughs> Praise Jesus. We just went over. It, did everybody finish with their test? Is everybody finished? Thank God for the fivefold. The last one we went over was the teacher. And um, we talked about how a teacher needs to rightly divide the word of truth. And a teacher needs to have insight and knowledge of um, what they're giving unto the people. And we know that a teacher will have a stricter judgment than anyone else according to the book of James 3. Amen. So when a teacher is going forth to teach the word of God, they want to make sure that they know what the word of God is saying unto them first. They want to have revelation behind that word. Once they get that revelation behind the word and know what the word is saying, then they can take that word and they can present that word to the body of Christ. We know that the apostle and the prophet come in and lay the foundation and the teacher builds the walls based on that foundation that was laid. So when the apostles come in and they talk about the good news, the gospel of the kingdom, as well as the prophets being mouthpiece for God, um, that teacher come in and break it down and give understanding of that word. We went in the book of Ezra, uh, the seventh chapter, and it talked about how Ezra had to prepare his heart um, before he even gave the people the word. Ezra had to make sure that he had an understanding of the word. And once he got the understanding... Um, he could bring it unto the people. And how did he do this? He devoted himself unto the word of God. And I believe devoting yourself to the word of God is spending time in the word, knowing what the word is saying unto you before you try, try to deliver it to someone else. So we see that um, Ezra did that. And then we talked about some teachers in the word of God. Um, Paul and uh, Barnabas, they were teachers. They were also apostles. We talked about in Acts, um, I believe, 13 is where um, there were teachers and prophets together. So we know that teachers and prophets come together. Teachers and apostles come together. All of them come together for um, the kingdom, working together, walk, um, walking alongside of each other to get the good news of the kingdom uh, of Christ, of God, out unto the people. So I pray, as you heard about the teacher uh, we talked about Jesus being a teacher as well. In Matthew 5, he taught the people um, uh, concerning the kingdom. He taught them to be attitudes from Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7. Also, we learned that Jesus um, also preached. We learned that preaching and teaching is different. To preach, it means that you're proclaiming. It's just like you have a blow horn and you begin to 
um, cry out basically about the kingdom. So Jesus began by saying, um, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. And then after 417, he came in on Matthew 5, 1 and 2, and he began to sit down and teach them. So a teacher is going to be the pinky on the finger. And that pinky, you know, you can dig deep in your ear with that pinky. They're going to make sure that that word is where it needs to be for us to understand it. So this is what I want to talk about tonight. And if I don't go too far, uh, but it's according to what the Holy Ghost wanted, how he wanted to do it. Tonight, I'm going to talk about the deacons. And I'm going to talk about the purpose of the deacons in the body of Christ. We give God glory for the deacons. Amen. And I think it's good to understand what each um, joint um, supplies for the body of Christ. Um, a deacon, first of all, is a servant, a minister, one who attends to the needs of others. A deacon is a servant, a minister, one who attends to the needs of others. Now, when I say a deacon is a minister, I want to break that down because some people would say when you use that word minister, you would think that that's um, somebody that's ordained in the office of a fivefold. A minister is one just like a servant and an attendant. They go out and minister. They go out and help others. That's what I'm talking about when I say minister. A deacon is a servant, a minister, one who attends to the needs of others. We can find this in the book of Acts. The sixth chapter, verses 1 and verse 2. Acts 6, verses 1 and verse 2. And this is what this is saying. And in those days, when the number of the disciples were multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in their daily ministrations. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Now I want to go back up to verse 1. And verse 1 is saying, and in those days when the number of the disciples were multiplied. So we see that the disciples had multiplied. We see before it was like 3,000, it was 5,000. They multiplied. So by them multiplying, it was a lot of more people that they had to deal with. So by them having to deal with these needs of these people, they needed to put people in place for to help with these needs because they multiplied. It was a lot going on amongst them. So we see how the widows were being neglected. And this is what the apostles said. Then the 12 called the multitude of the disciples. Now look who they called. They called the multitude of the disciples. That means there were multitudes of disciples there which is the disciples a follower of Christ meaning that they called them together because they were on one accord with the teaching with the doctoring with um, the gospel of the kingdom they were trained for this so that's who they called together and said unto them and said it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables these are the apostles they were in the word of God so they said it's not reason for us to leave the word and serve table. So when you look at that word serve, that's what a deacon does. A deacon serve. So they were telling them, this is what we want you to do. And we'll get to that. So when you look up serve, 
In King James, it does not actually say deacon. But when you look it up in the Greek, it's deacon. That's where that term deacon come from. So that's Acts 6, verse 1 and verse 2. Now let's talk about Christ as a deacon. Because anytime that we talk about um, an office or we talk about um, disciples or whatever, we have to understand that Jesus Christ himself, he represented what, we, what we're talking about. And we're going to look at Christ as a deacon in Mark 10, 42 through verse 45. Mark 10, verse 42 through 45. And I'm reading out the New Living Translation. It said, so Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials, flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you... It will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the son of man came not to be served, served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So when we look at that word serve, what Jesus is talking about, that's just what a deacon does, serve. So that's what Jesus was doing. He was serving others. Um, it's in the Bible where Jesus began to wash their feet. And as he washed their feet, he was showing them, now you can wash others, other people's feet. And when we look at a deacon, a deacon is one that's serving others, that carry many tasks in the body of Christ. So sometimes we don't understand what a deacon do. And sometimes people put deacons in places that they don't supposed to be in. And this is why you have all this commotion in the body of Christ. Because they have set up guidelines outside of the word of God. What a deacon supposed to be doing. Now we can find the office of a deacon. Now in Acts 6 verse 1 and 2. They use that word serve. Remember, a deacon is a servant. He's a minister. But now we want to look at the office of a deacon to break it down to let you know the word deacon is in the Bible. Philippians 1, verse 1. Philippians 1, verse 1. It says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. So it was bishops and deacons at Philippi. So we see that, remember, a bishop, when we see bishop, it can mean overseer, it can mean pastor, right? It can mean shepherd. All of those words can be used interchangeably, so we cannot uh, put a bishop above everything else and say, okay, the bishop is in the house, let all hail. No, it's not like that. We don't went over that, right? So they use that interchangeably. But what I wanted to show you was there was an office dealing with the deacon. So you find that in the word dealing with the deacon. And also 1 Timothy 3. And it says, and let these also first be proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. So we see there is an office of the, of the deacon. That's 1 Timothy 3. Verse 10, and I'm going to read verse 13 as well. For they that have used the office of a deacon well purchased to themselves a good degree and great boldness in faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So I just want to show you in the Bible, 
is where they have an office of a deacon. So you can see that a deacon holds a place in the body of Christ. Everybody follow me so far? Okay, so we learned that a deacon is a servant. It is a minister, one who attends to the needs of others. We broke it down in Acts 6, 1 and 2, where the apostles wanted to use the deacons to go wait on tables. That means that they were going to help out with the needs of the widows. So when you see a deacon, you're going to see them like a, a waiter. You know how when you go in the restaurant and they, the first thing that you get is a waiter. Sometimes you get somebody that take you to the table and they leave you there, right? Then next they say, your waiter will be with you shortly. So what is a hostess? You have a hostess first and they want to make you feel at home. But then they take you to that table and you sit and you wait on your waiter. When your waiter comes, they introduce themselves and they say, I will be your waiter for tonight. So whatever you need, you can um, call on me and I will uh, fulfill that need. That's what a deacon holds in the body of Christ. That deacon takes the weight off of the pastor. The deacon takes the weight off of the pastor so they can stay into the word and whatever the pastor would have for those deacons to do, that's what they would do. So let's look at the qualifications of a deacon. Qualifications of a deacon. Everybody know this because all of us have these qualifications, but I'm going to break them down. They must be born again. That's a given, right? Must be born again. John 3, 1 through 5. You know they must be uh, baptized, water baptized. Y'all know um, that one. That's Acts 2.38. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, verse 1 through 4. Full of wisdom. Acts 6.3. Full of the faith. Acts 6.3. And we'll go over those a little bit more. And I want to say this. Why would the deacon need all of this? That's what I want to talk about. Why would a deacon have to be born again, baptized, you know, going under the water, filled with the Holy Ghost, that's, you know, speaking in tongues, full of wisdom, full of faith. Now, when we go back to Acts 6, um, this is what they were telling them, uh, the people, the disciples. He was speaking to the disciples. And listen what he told the disciples after verse 2. He said, then the 12 called the multitude, I'm going to read verse 2, of the disciples unto them and said, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. He said, wherefore, brethren, now when we look at brethren, that means these are saints, these are people that are born again. Look ye out among you, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. So when we look at brethren, we know that they were born again. And these people that were disciples, we know that they were already baptized. Remember when uh, Peter gave the sermon and they said, what must we do? You know, they, they were pricked at their heart and he said, repent, be baptized, every one of you. So all of them had to be baptized. So they had to look among them, among who? The disciples, the ones that had been trained. He gave this task to the disciples. He said, the ones that are among you, this is the ones that we need, seven of them. And, and the apostles described what they needed. So they had to bring those men or those women to those, disciples, to those apostles. And then those apostles would appoint 
whom they would have to be deacons. So this is how it's supposed to be. You cannot have deacons in a church that does not meet these requirements. Let me tell you why. Because first of all, those deacons were disciples first. Amen. And when you're a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ, you want to be full of him. You want to be full of the spirit. You want to um, make sure that you meet all of these spiritual qualifications here before somebody is put in place. How can you have a deacon or anybody else in the body of Christ that do that is not on one accord with you that's saying, I don't need tongues, I don't need to be baptized, I don't need the word like you get in the word, I got money, just set me in the corner. That's what's happening today. So everybody's not on one accord. Why would the deacons have to be on one accord? Because everything that Jesus done, they supposed to be able to do when Jesus walked the earth. They supposed to have that wisdom. They're supposed to be full of faith. Let me give you an example. If we have somebody to come in here and somebody is going through something and let's say the deacon is, is in here and the deacon is just looking at the person. The person need to be healed. And they'll be like, hold on right there. I'm going to go get the pastor. Why would they have to go get the pastor? If they're full of faith, if they're full of wisdom, why are you going to let that person sit there and suffer another minute when you got everything you need to lay hands on that person? So if you got deacons in the house that say, hold on, wait a minute, I got to get a drink. I don't know if I'm going to touch that one. Because you do. You have mixed multitudes in the body of Christ because people are not on one accord. This is why we have to be on one accord. You have to be full of the faith, full of wisdom. You have to um, got the gifts of the spirit in operation. You got the fruit of the spirit on the inside of you. Every Everybody in here sp- supposed to be on one accord and have everything that he has, that Jesus has. This is why we have to come together to make sure everybody is taught the same way. Let's say um, we have the deacons and we got a newcomer that come in the house. And by the way, we, yeah, we had some newcomers. And one day a newcomer wanted to play drums. And the next time it looked good with the deacon standing up here. And they told me, what do I need to do to be a deacon? I say, sit down and be taught. I don't see them no more. <laughs> see, people see people standing up here. They think that. Okay, I can stand there just like they're standing there. But they don't know, um, you know, the guidelines, basically. They don't know the spiritual qualification for these positions in the body of Christ. So what people do, they just put people in that position because they got moolah, because they got money, and they standing tall and trying to run the pastor. That's another thing I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the authority of a deacon. And this is where the church... Uh, get it wrong now deacons are not called to rule in the church though they serve with those who rule deacons are not called to rule in the church though they um, serve with those that rule that is the eldership when I say eldership I'm talking about pastors bishop whatever their authority comes by appointment of men to do designated and specific areas of work in the body of Christ. So what happens, the eldership, the pastor, the bishop, however they want to say their name. Let's say Tyson, for instance, if I go to Tyson or I I tell my husband, okay, this is something that 
I see that's, that's going on. So my husband, let's say he go to Tyson because Brother Willie ain't in the house or whatever. He'll go to Tyson. I'm using him for an example. And he'll say, okay, Tyson, I need for you to go to the hospital. My wife needs for you to go to the hospital. We have someone in the church that's in the hospital, and we need for you to go in there, and we need for you to pray for that individual. That's why they got to be full of the faith, full of wisdom, gifts of the spirit in operation. So when they go in there and lay hands and they begin to pray, that person get discharged. It does not have to be the pastor that does these things. This is why you have people delegated in the body of Christ so that the pastor can attend to the word. And so she have, or he has the deacons to go out on behalf of the pastor. What are some of the other things that deacons are delegated to do? Outreach, like Quan and them go out, outreach to the nursing homes. They can go out with them in those nursing homes and they can be seeing what's going on in outreach. They're monitoring, you know, you know, where they're doing an outreach building. They make sure that everything in this building is like it's supposed to be. They make sure the grounds are like it's supposed to be. They got a big job. They, um, come to the altar for tithes and offerings. They make sure that everything is like it's supposed to be. So they're everywhere. So when you see a deacon everywhere and that deacon is coming to you, what that deacon is doing, he's taking the weight off of me and my husband so we don't have to come out of what we're doing so they will do it. So you may see them all over the place, everywhere. And this is how a deacon's supposed to be. A deacon's supposed to have um, the spirit of humility. Why? Because as a servant, you are humble. You humbling yourself. Who are you humbling yourself up under? The mighty hand of God, so you will be exalted in due season. So the authority that they hold is the authority that's given to them from that pastor of that church. That's how it's supposed to work. Deacons, there is no deacon board. Look in the Bible and see where you find deacon board. That make them feel important because board of the deacons. If anybody find it, let me know. I haven't seen it in the Bible. They have a board of deacons. And by the way, they should be giving the deacon the money that they're giving to the pastor. Because they the one that elect the pastor. Deacons. Nowhere in the word. So they have deacons to go in and elect the pastor to say that the pastor, who, who's going to be preaching? If they ain't preaching like they want to, they fire the pastor. They call a deacon board meeting. Well, let's go ahead and, and fire uh, so-and-so and so-and-so. They do not have that authority. They do not have that right. Go back to Acts chapter 6. Understand, if anybody asks you, if anybody say, well, you know, I'm a deacon and uh, they're waiting on me to come on in tonight so we can get rid of that pastor you said, well, let me give you a nugget. Turn with me to Acts chapter 6. You didn't hire that. You don't suppose to hire and you don't suppose to fire. You are a servant. You are an attendant. You are a minister of God. You're supposed to do what the pastor is telling you to do, not you telling the pastor what to do. This is what the word says. What scripture are you going on to say you got a right to fire that pastor? Nowhere in the word does it say deacon board or deacon have authority over a pastor. Where did that come from? Tradition. And the tradition of men make what? Of none effect. So you can't go on. And this is what we see all the time. Deacons is the top dogs in the church. If deacon didn't say it, you don't do it. 
And the pastor's just sitting there bowing down to the deacon because that's their order. That's what they do. But it's nowhere in the word of God. So the deacon is there to assist, to serve, to attend, to wait on whatever need to be done according to the eldership, bishop, pastor, shepherd. Use all interchangeably. It's a lot of people that want those deacon positions. I was told by someone that this guy had a big church and the church take and they feed different people. So this person walked up to him and the person knew him and he told him, he said, hey, I need your help. He said, what do you need? He said, I need for you to be one of my deacons. Wasn't a part of his church. But he said, I need your help. I can just go ahead and appoint you as my deacon. Now, what kind of mess is that? How can you appoint someone when they don't even know your doctrine? When they don't even know what you're about. And see, this is why you have so much mess in the body of Christ. Because they're not following the pattern of God. They're following what they want to follow so they can be in charge. And it's, God is, is top dog. So he's the one that's in charge. And we take what he tells us and that's what we carry out. That is the pattern of God. So they're not um, the ones that are over the pastor. The pastor let them know what need to be done. Now, uh, the character of a deacon, you can find that in 1 Timothy 3, 8 through verse 13. And I'll go over that briefly out the expanded Bible. 1 Timothy 3, 8 through 13 says, In the same way, deacons must be respected by others. Dignified, not saying things they do not mean. Insecure, two-faced, deceitful. That means that a deacon is not, should not be saying things that they don't mean. Two-faced, deceitful. They must not drink too much wine or, or try to get rich by cheating others. Be greedy for money and profit. With a clear conscience, they must follow, hold on to the secret of the faith that God made known unto us. Or God's revealed truth the mystery of the faith and it said they must be tested test them first then let them serve as deacons if you find nothing wrong in them that's what it means to be blameless in the same way now this is talking about um the man as a deacon but now it's talking about their wives and this is how the wives supposed to be in the same way women or women who are deacons or deacons wives it can be deaconettes deacon is that what you call them deaconess must be respected by others, dignified. They must not speak evil of others, be slanderous, gossipers. They must be self-controlled, sober, and trustworthy, honest, faithful in everything. Deacons must have only one wife and be good leaders, managers of their children and their own families and households. Those who serve well as deacons are making an honorable place, gain good standing for themselves, and they will be very bold in their faith in Christ Jesus. So those are the characteristics of deacons. And I'm going to tell you something. You can look in the body of Christ and you can spot out the ones that are truly deacons. You can spot them out in the body of Christ. They're willing to serve. They're willing to do whatever they ask to do. They come in the spirit of humility. You don't have to keep asking and asking and asking. It is just in their heart to do. I remember brother, um, Calvin over there, 
he would, uh, I think he called my husband one day and said, I haven't seen so-and-so, so I want to check on so-and-so and see what's going on with so-and-so. I'm like, you own it. Nobody didn't have to tell him. Or, you know, I ain't seen this one or that one, and I want to encourage him, or, you know, him. And I'm like, okay, he own it. These are the things that you you look for, that you don't have to tell a deacon what to do and how to do it. They already know what you believe and how you believe it, and they just take charge and do what they need to do. Like I said, they can go to hospitals, make visits. They can go um, with outreach. They'll be in and out all over the place. You'll see sometimes people say, well, what you doing here? I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing here. So this is why y'all are learning all of these things so people won't say, they showing up everywhere. Why are you all in my business? Because evidently, they're supposed to be in your business because they're attending to what they need to attend to. So we shouldn't take offense, should we? No, because they're doing what the word of God tell them to do. And we can't look down on that position as a deacon because there's a lot of weight when it comes to a deacon. And the first thing that they say, if they can't manage their own home well, then they ain't going to be able to come into the church either and do what the church need for them to do, the body of Christ. Now, let me see if I missed anything. We got the authority. We got the character, qualifications. And then the next thing is deacons as well can um, become evangelists. We prove that through um, Acts 8. Y'all know Philip. Philip, he was chosen as one of those seven. But later on in Acts 8, we show that he began to preach. He began to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. Now, not all deacons become evangelists. Now, some may come evangelists. This is why we have to be careful when we're choosing um, men as well as women in this position because they can carry um, another call, another office. And then um, Philip, he carried one as an evangelist, and it's verified in Acts 8, and it's also verified in Acts 21, dealing with Philip. Okay. Now, let me see if there's anything else. We talked about the deaconess. I'm going to give you the scripture on that. Romans 16, verse 1 and 2. I'm reading out the Amplified. Romans 16, verse 1 through verse 2. Now I introduce and commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deaconess of the church um, at, I don't know what that name is. Can somebody help me with that? Caesarea, 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 that you may receive her in the Lord with a Christian welcome as saints, God's people ought to receive one another and help her in whatever matter she may require assistance for you. For she has been a helper, listen, of many, including myself, shielding us from suffering. So we see that Phoebe as a woman deaconess, she was a helper unto Paul. And Paul said, okay, I'm sending, she's coming here. So whatever she need assistance with, you need to help her. So this is why I say deacons and deaconess are everywhere. And when they come in, we should be able to assist them with whatever they need assistance with. And sometimes people get jealous. Sometimes people get offended. What you coming up in here for? Ain't nobody asked you to come up in here. I got this. But, but that's not how we should be. That's why we're learning 
everybody's position in the body of Christ so people won't think a person is trying to knock them out the way. They're just doing what they're sent to do. So um, dealing with the deaconess too, we look at them too when you're dealing with deacon and deaconess, a woman might can do something that a man cannot do. Like if I needed somebody to go to a lady's home and help with something they're doing, of course I ain't going to send three men and three men or four men and this one woman in there, right? No, I ain't going to do that. I'm going to have to send a woman. And that's why when we look at the deacon wives, which can be considered as deaconess, they can go with those men and help to attend to that woman. Why? Because you have slanderers out there. You have people that will accuse um, men of coming in and trying to take over them, especially if they're on medication, they're hallucinating. They say, all four of them attack me. Two held me down and then two did what they wanted to to me. Being honest, this is the truth. Some people see things that they, you know, that's not right. So this is why you have deaconess in um, church too to help out in areas that the deacons cannot help out in. So let's talk about the relationships of deacons to eldership and the congregation. Deacons must always maintain the servant spirit of Christ, knowing that they first served the Lord Jesus himself. So when we're looking at a deacon, a deacon that is humble, they're humble because they have become servants of Jesus Christ first. They're submitting unto him first. Lord, what would you have for me to do? And if they're humbling themselves with him, they're going to humble themselves with other people. That's just how it should be with all of us. Deacons must maintain a servant spirit to the eldership as unto the Lord. Deacons must maintain the spirit of a servant and love to the members of the congregation they serve. So you're going to see a deacon very humble, ready to serve, not trying to um, boast, not trying to brag. They're just coming in and doing what needs to be done. And I'm going to tell you, y'all, with the role of a deacon, this is how it is when it comes to being a deacon. What we got to understand is when God puts you in position I consider that a lifetime, not lest God say, okay, this deacon now is going to go to evangelist because we're seeing how this deacon is out there just promoting that word and crying out and, and sparing not. And then God said, okay, I'm going to move that one up to being an evangelist. Until that time, you know, whomever God choose to do that with, that deacon don't supposed to think that they supposed to take over. Anytime you see a person trying to take over, who are they representing? Themselves. And who they represent when they're trying to represent themselves? The devil. So all of us in the body of Christ are supposed to have a servant mentality. All of us are supposed to be ready to serve, to give a helping hand. It don't matter how high you go up. I remember when I was starting out as a pastor, the Lord told me to wash. I don't know who feed it was. It was a lot of them, though. Yeah, he told me to wash their feet. And I got down there and I began to wash people's feet. I wasn't ashamed to do that because the Lord was teaching me how to be a servant. I had to learn how to serve first before I could be whom he called me to be and to be the best of it through the anointing that he had have on my life. But some people think just because they got a title that they don't do what other people do. Come on, God had me cleaning toilets. He had me singing. He had me being a deacon, a deacon, everything in the whole body. And I'm like, okay, God, I would put on a robe. 
was so funny because um, somebody gave us some robes, and I thought it was very nice of them to give us some robes. So I told Jennifer, I said, Jennifer, now y'all going to put on them robes because uh, we know who we are, but that was very nice for them to give us them robes, so we're going to dress in them robes. Jennifer say, I think it was Jennifer say, I left mine home. I said, don't worry, we got another one right back there in that back. So what we did... I even put on I even put on the robe because I had a spirit of humility, you know, saying that was nice of them to think that we can use the robe. So we'll use them. We can't say we didn't, but later on, you know, we got out of the robe. And I remember we was putting an installation in the church. I wasn't too proud to help put that installation in the church. God was teaching me, if you cannot be humble, how can you lead the people? You got to have a spirit of humility about you in order for you to go where I'm carrying you. Now, God is bringing this out for a reason. Don't think that you two this, that, or the other, that you can't pick up a mop, that you can't sweep a floor, because that's when you are beside yourself, and that's when God said they're not ready yet. They're not ready, because everybody in here is supposed to have a servant mentality. Everybody in here is supposed to have a willingness about themselves that's coming through um, the heart of God. Because if you got the heart of God, you should have the compassion of God to do whatever you're asked to do. Um, When I started out, I remember um, Evangelist Kathy over there. First it was uh, Pam. They would always want to help me with something. No, 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 I got it. Because my mentality at that time was not thinking that I was better or anything, but God had me in a place to not to depend on nobody but him at that time. And I remember Pam said, you just won't let nobody do nothing. I said, no, not at this time. Because I knew what God was doing in my life. I did not want to get to the place where I thought I was better than anybody else and I'm waiting on somebody else to bring me this or to bring me that. But as you grow in Christ and he see how humble you are, People around you, they're knowing she ain't going to wait on me to do that. She ain't going to wait on me to do this. Like Sister Denise, when she fell in that role, I had to get used to her putting my Bible up here or her doing little stuff because that was not me. So you cannot try to be above who? God. You can't. So you have to be under the mighty hand of God, not above it. So that's how you look in the body of Christ. And you know those that God want to use in these different positions. So we thank God for the deacons that we have in the house. Because I'm going to tell you something, y'all. Y'all don't know how me and my husband be, whoo. Thank you, Jesus. Just even for the trash can to be moved or the, the stuff that has to be done that normally my husband would come out here and do and We just thank God for the people that God have coming together, doing what need to be done. And don't take what you do lightly. I don't care if it's just giving water. Don't take it lightly. Because some people look at, well, is that all I got to do? I want more than that. God said, I can't even give you more. Because you don't even want to stay in the position that I have put you in. So I can't take you higher. So we thank God for the deacons, y'all. And guess what? I wrapped it up with the deacons. So we give God glory concerning the deacons. And I'm going to tell you something. If all of us stay in the word of God and know where we're supposed to be, I'm telling you, there will be nothing missing, nothing broken in the body of Christ. And we will respect 
everyone in the body of Christ for what God have for them to do. And we're here to encourage one another and to lift each other up so we can do what God has anointed us to do. Um, I want to say this, dealing with what we have been taught so far, I want to tell you how it is so important, y'all, that you be in Bible study, getting taught, knowing what this ministry is about, knowing what this ministry is teaching. And if you cannot get here, turn it on, tone in. Why? I'm going to give you an example. And I'm going to do that example right now. And this is how I'm going to do this example. I ain't going to tell them what I'm going to do yet. I need the deacons to come up here, please. Did anybody say, oh, Lord. (laughs) Manny, can you come up here too, please? All right, we're going to get some more mics, and then we'll be ready. Y'all got y'all good prayer on by standing up there. I know y'all praying from deep within. That look like deacons over there. No. Hey, y'all. Hey, brother. Hey, brothers. Hey, good. How y'all doing? How you doing? Good evening. All right. Good evening. Good. <laughs> we, we, we go to uh, Burgard Baptist Church, and, you know, 
we we've been hearing you guys at Miracle Temple. Y'all been preaching about the uh, fivefold and stuff, and you know we just wanted to ask y'all a few questions because you know we we hear y'all talking about prophets and apostles, and we've been taught that they don't exist anymore. You know the, the apostles passed away, so we just want to know some of these things. You know how is it that apostles still exist, or do they still exist? Y'all pre- y'all preach it by how y'all do it. Y'all vote on y'all preaching. Y'all go out there and t- get about two, three of them, and whoever can get in here and throw down, that's who y'all pick. And y'all go out there and get members that don't even come to church and vote on them. That's what y'all do to get and y'all pastors. How pastor. do you pick your deacons? Is it by how much money they can pay, what kind of car they drive? How do y'all pick your deacons? Uh, no, y'all wife wear deacon, makeup and stuff? The deacon, we don't do the picking. It comes through the pastor. The picking of what? The picks the deacon. The pastor picks the deacon. Yeah, the pastor y'all, what does y'all, she do? Put your names in the hat and say, okay, we're going to pick this one? No, um, we are appointed by God to serve. Um, we, don't, um, we don't just, you know, go by, some people go by status, how much money this person may have or a certain quartel <coughs> about it, but that's not how we do. Uh, our pastor, apostle, is, you know, whoever God puts in that position, that's how she chooses her deacons. Y'all tell her what to preach? No, that's not our position. We are called to serve. We are called to um, pull our hands up, walk along with her. But um, as far as what she preaches, she teaches straight from God. What's the fivefold? What, what's that? We've been hearing about a fivefold with your hand. What, what, what's all that? The fivefold ministry is uh, there are gifts from God in Ephesians 4.11. Uh, you, you, there are gifts from God, and you are called by him. And... Uh, the apostle is is the she is the one that that she she is the leader. Um, she's been through all of the the fivefold ministries, and she is proven out of all of those. And you know that's that's the fivefold. What are the fivefold? Well, I mean, what are they? What what? what? Well, you got the pastor, teacher. You got the teachers, evangelist. You got the uh, prophet. What, what what are they? What, I mean, what what do they do? Well, the teacher is the one that teaches the word to help you understand it, to break it down for you. So that's the first one, is the teacher? That's not the first one, just one of the five-fold teachers. Oh, okay. I heard that they said the apostle is the one that um, lays the foundation. So is the apostle, is that the one that goes out and builds a church? And do y'all help her build a church? She touches every area. See that? The thumb here, if you, if you do it by the fivefold, that thumb touches everywhere. She touches the prophet, the teacher, the evangelist. She touches all of them. So that means she can walk in all of those offices. And uh, if God, you know, um, she can walk in all of those offices. So, um, Well, break it down for me, okay? What is an apostle? The apostle is the, she sets up. God give her, God, okay. God's called her and set her up. She sets up. She sets up. Um, she's over churches. She's over. She's the one that goes out and, okay, you got other ministries, right? She can go out into those other ministries. She can, um, she can rebuke. She can, she can, t- in other words, she teach. She can rebuke them. She can um, show them, teach them the order of God. And sometimes, you know, sometimes they might not want to, they don't understand, but based on, you know, that a church has four walls and standing. And then the pastor said, we got a pastor, and he's trying to 
got a church there in the wall with the pastor with here in that church. Sometimes some people try to carry all of it. They try to carry it all, but see, that's not the way it's supposed to be. And he's kind of opposition because that's, that's why I come, you know, the fivefold is set up because, like, you know, we have our own parts. Everybody have their own part that they um, can, you know, carry out in that ministry. But some pastors try to carry it all, and that's why those pastors sometimes are being worn down because they're trying to hold up the roof, do it all themselves. And she teaches the word, and the teacher is somebody that teaches the word where you can understand it. She just don't go around uh, uh, going off off of a scripture, just going south. She teaches the word and breaks it down where you can understand it. Okay, you evangelist is the one that do the groundwork for the pastor. Okay, evangelist is the one that goes out and brings the uh, people back to the church, drop them off, and keep stepping. So who 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 called y'all? Who called y'all to do these things? I mean, y'all don't have any ordination papers or anything. Who called you to this? Our our um, our the apostle she called us, and out of her heart, um, God had led her to call us to to uh, to be deacons, and and out of her heart, um, we're we're servants with her. Okay, you've been quiet. What's, what's the, what about the prophet? I haven't heard y'all say anything about a prophet. What are you going to do? Tell him I'm going to get a car, a house, or, you know, a <laughs> You don't really need prophets anymore, do you? I don't I mean, think they, so. I mean, we, I, we all yeah, got the Holy Spirit. What do yeah. we need a prophet for? Yeah. Well, a prophet is the one that, uh, that uh, like, God uses to deliver a message to uh, the people. Um, for instance, um, uh, God, he could use our pastor uh, to de- deliver a certain message to the people like if the church is out of order he may lead her to uh, prophesy to the church a certain thing um, so a prophet is one again that carries God's message as well so y'all pastor walking all, all, all of that right all five yeah. all five yes. okay all five. so y'all tell her what to preach and stuff right no, I mean, y'all don't. don't y'all don't try to tell her what to do. No, y'all that's the whole. That's the whole experience, y'all. Y'all, y'all don't run the church. I heard that the deacons run the church. Oh no, no, no that's the whole experience. That's, that's <laughs> out of order. That's out of order. We 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 go. We support our pastor. We um, we we go. If she goes places, we go out and we support her as much as we can, and we try to keep her job, keep her focused on the word of God and preaching and teaching, and ministering to. The, the congregation. Is this some kind of new doctrine or something? I, well, I haven't heard of this. It's always been that way. We the one that uh, helps take the burden off uh, our pastor. You know, we the one that uh, oversees, you know, cares for the people, you know, the needs of the people. And, you know. and then we also the ones that goes around to, to every entity here, um, the leaders here, we make sure that they're on point keeping up with um, – the the uh, roles that they have in their uh, different entities, um, and we reports back to the ambassador, which is uh, Pastor James, and we we keep everybody in order. And if something ain't right, we have to let him know. Okay, so y'all don't drink and and smoke and club, and y'all sober. What about your houses? Is your house tore up or whatever? I mean, you know, as they say preachers and deacons' kids are the worst kids. So, how's your house? Well, How's your wife? Is she in everybody's business? <laughs> no, at first, before we get children that deep, first, our house has to be in order. Okay. So, yes, our homes are in order. Y'all pay y'all bills or y'all, y'all you know? 
Y'all hey, grant y'all big. I'll for tell money, you this on that part personally. <laughs> if they give me 30 days, I give them 29 back. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> Thank y'all so much. Didn't the deacons do well? Hallelujah. Can't you tell they're on one accord? Amen to God be the glory. Look at God, y'all. See, this is what you have to know that's in your house. Don't you know that you will meet people that will ask you what you do, how you do it, and when you have a surety of it? You ain't going to have no problem opening your mouth. Amen? Amen. So this is what I'm going to do, too, before we close. Y'all ready? Okay. I want to bring Manny, Athea, and Teresa back up here. Kwana, y'all take y'all same positions. Juana, Sister Denise, she knew I was going to call her. Julia, y'all stand over there on that side. Oh, yes, Nay. <laughs> okay, y'all can handle y'all business just like y'all did with the deacons. Everybody got a mic. Many y'all got a mic. Y'all just going to school them just like you did them with what we've been teaching. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, right now, I know you ain't no deaconess. <laughs> hey, we from the Don't Know Nothing Church, and we want to know a little something about, we've been hearing this about this Apostle Amanda you know, teaching about the order of the church. Mm -hmm. And we don't think there's no order of the church because the pastor, we do what the deacons tell us to do and the deacons tell the pastor what to do and that's what we do. So I don't know what y'all are talking about in the order of the church and I heard about it and I know you ladies go there. So what's the order of the church? Don't, got your tongue? Somebody talk. (laughs) Apostles go in and they lay the foundations of the church, and that's why a lot of the traditional churches are missing today because you just basically hear about the pastors and the stuff, and so the church is kind of out of order because they're missing that apostle because that's the one that hears from God, God, and lays the foundation, and then after she goes in and do that, next would be the prophet. She, he or she works along beside the apostle. They help lay the foundation of the church, and they speak a word from God upon the church. Whatever God is telling them, they speak the word to the church. And after the apostle, there's the The evangelists, the evangelists are the ones that go out and preach kingdom and salvation and lead them to Christ. And then they bring them into the church and introduces them, drop them off with the pastor and the pastor takes over. And then there's the teacher. The teacher comes in and edifies the body and teaches the body of Christ with understanding. 
the word of God breaks the word down so even a child can understand. And we have all of that in our apostle. Where y'all get all this from? And then we have the pastor. Okay. The pastor is the one that's the overseer of the church. He is one who God set over that church. So, like, you might have a pastor at your church. So, he's one that's called to that church. And you don't have deacons voting him in and voting him out because God has planted him there. And our apostle works in all five fold. She works in all those. Well, at our church, bishops? we... Yeah, no we have bishops and elders. Same, as, same a as a pastor. You what's to, the same as a pastor? You have to study your word. When you go into the Greek, it'll tell you the definition. What study mean? What do you mean? Okay, so I go in my word and I study. I know, you know, the Bible says study to show myself approved, right? So that means I got to study and then I got to go out there and prove myself. That's what it's talking about, right? No, it means you got to study the word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept. You might read one scripture, but you might have to read the scripture above it and below it, or you might have another reference scripture to reference something else, because each word means different things in the word of God. You might take a word, the, and you might think it means something else, but when you study in Hebrew and Greek, you can get the understanding. That's what means to show yourself approved. Okay, so y'all are deaconesses, right? So what's a deacon? Y'all tell the deacon what to do, and then the deacon tell the preacher what to do, because y'all are the deaconesses, right? And we always know that women are always trying to tell men what to do, because the women weren't running the church, right? No. Our apostle runs our church. The deaconesses are, um, they could be the wives of the deacons. So your husband drink liquor So they walk beside. (laughs) Big money. They walk beside their husbands. Who decides what to do with the money in the church? The deaconesses or the the deaconesses? Neither one of them. The administration is in charge of the. um, Paying the bills in the church. church is going to be built upon the word you know so like you got so many people that's like building and setting up churches outside of the word outside of how god ever intended it to be so all those questions that y'all are asking comes from the tradition of man which makes the word of god of no effect so that's why you got to sit down and you got to read your word get and if you don't understand get in a place where you can be taught and then you will understand the order in the world. Go ahead. Go ahead. The you, order you of the church. And then you sum out the one that paid the money. You have an administrator over the church. And the apostle appoints the administrator by the leading of the word, by God telling them who to put in that position. And he has to be trustworthy. He or she has to be trustworthy. Has to be uh baptized, have to be born again, all of that. And they pay the bills by the leading of the Holy Spirit. The apostle don't have time to be doing that because she's staying in the word or he's staying in the word to run the church and to pray over their flock and seek the word of God to see what they flock need. God lets her know what her flock needs. Them women know they stuff. Now I want to join their yeah. church. Yeah. Can I join y'all church? Yes, y'all. Yes, come on. Can yeah. I be a deaconess too? Y'all answer. I don't know about all that now. I first. <laughs>
Okay, Manny and um, Athea and um, uh, Teresa, come on back up. Y'all just don't move. So, Jonas, yes. No, ma'am, you you in the clear. Who else is back there? Jennifer Simpson, come on. Jamie, come on. Y'all stand over there on that side and... And I see you, Kathy, out of my peripheral vision, so you can come on up, too. Do I have four on that side over there? Okay, I got four. from St. Holiness Baptist Episcopal Methodist Church, (laughs) and we were listening to a conversation that some of you were having about your teachings that you're getting at this place called Miracle Temple, and we were wondering, um, we heard that you were, um, the lady there was talking to you and teaching you about um, the order of the church and the five-fold ministries and all of that with all of these different things. Could you tell us a little bit about that? She's being led by God to break down. You have the apostle, the teacher, the pastor, the evangelist, the prophet. And that's where, you know, you get it from the hand. And she's an apostle and she's, you know, walked in all those positions where she can break it down to us. And that's where the foundation is laid. She can, you know, tell us because she's actually walked in being a teacher, an evangelist, a uh, She's now an apostle, a pastor, a a teacher. So that's what she does. She's being led by God to give, you know, us what God has given her and lays it out on the table for us to. How do you know she's being led by God? How do I know she's being led by God? Um, How don't I know she's being led by God? I mean, I don't know. I'm asking. (laughs) She's, you know led by God because that's what her calling is. God called her to do that. So I'm trusting the God in her that, you know, she's being led by God. God tell you that? Uh, no, God didn't tell me that. That's just what's on my heart to tell you right now at this moment. And she speaks from the word of God. Um, and she's, as she's teaching it, um, you can tell she's studied to show herself approved um, because when you go back and you meditate on it, and the Lord give you how what He's going to give you. Then you know that if I mean it's the same meaning, uh, and so you uh, you know that she is um, a woman or man of God. Okay. And so, so um, with that being said, you talked about the, you talked about all of them, <laughs> but um, an apostle she walks in that one. Our apostle walks in that one, and a prophet. Um, edifies the church, um, builds the builds church, up. Yeah. builds the church up, um, giving the word of God, uh, and you know it's the word of God because if you're in your word, you you know that's where it came from. If you don't, not in your word, then of course you don't know. Um, so, um, a prophet points um, the people of God in the right direction, um, and you know it because you're in the word of God. So. 
I ain't in my words. So I don't but know. If you're not, you should get in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. But that's why I'm asking you. So you were talking about a five-fold, right? And, you know, you had your hand up and you was doing some stuff. So who, who called these people to be uh, what this stuff you're saying? Because, you know, the prophets and stuff went out. You know, what, what's, what's an evangelist? You know, what, what's all this stuff? You know, anybody can teach, right? Yes. The Bible says study yes. to show yourself approved. Anybody can teach, right? Well, he that is joined to he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So when we're, you know, born again and we have building that relationship with God, you know, we have God's spirit in us, you know, we sometimes, um, just like apostle, she knew a lot of her callings before, you know, she, even there were ministers out there that ordained her, but she already had that calling from God because she had that relationship with God. So you were asking, you know, who, where does this call come from? You know, who does it? And the individual themselves, when they when they get you know born again, get the spirit of God in them, they're gonna know God's gonna you know show them just like if you have a relationship with God, He you know and you're spending time with Him and you know God is gonna show you what He wants you to do, and nobody might not even ever tell you, you know you already know in your heart that that's that's what He's called you to do. Okay, so I heard y'all had a deacon in here called Deacon Willie Bryant. You know, I know him a little bit, right? So Deacon Willie don't call her up on Saturday night and tell her, this is what I want you to preach. He don't do that, right? That's the deacon's job is to tell the pastor what to preach. It's the deacon's job where we come from. The deacons run the church. The deacons go out, pick a pastor, and we come in and we vote on him. I mean, I can leave the club Saturday night. I can come in here because they call me and say, look, we got to vote on a pastor, so we need your vote. So I stagger up in here smelling like a liquor steel, and I can vote on the pastor that preached the best. That's how we do it. That's how y'all do it. That's how it's supposed to be done. No, your church is completely out of order. Yes, you. <laughs> what is the order? Because yeah, remember, I mean, yeah what is the order? Deacon, yes, Deacon. okay. Wait, wait, wait. Let him go. Say, go ahead, bro. Oh, I was gonna say, you remember Deacon Blue? Yeah. yeah. That night, you know, he was drinking all that stuff. He was prophesying us. So he sure was. Told me I was gonna get a car. <laughs> told me he was my husband. Yeah. Did that make him a prophet? Because he was prophesying. Yeah. He's a deacon. Did you get the car? No. No, it didn't come to pass yet, but I'm, I'm still waiting. Well, there's, there's prophets out there that they will do False that. Prophets. They'll yeah, tell they you are. what you want to hear and try to build you up and tell you a lie. Just so a lot of them, you know, some of them want to get your money. So a true prophet is going to speak, you know, directly what God has given them, whether you're going to receive it or not. It might cut you. It might build you up, you know, whatever God is telling them to give you. So that's. That's why, uh, you know, a prophet, that's, that's not for everybody, and everybody won't be a prophet. So what's the deacon's job? To serve and, and minister, and, minister and for, to the needs of other people. Well, I got some needs. Ain't nobody mentioned in mine. You. <laughs> well, well, you uh, what, well I'm sorry, ma'am. What's your question again? Okay, they were talking about, you know, they talked about the teaching, the pastor, and all of that, right? Well, okay, what, what about this evangelist? What, what, you know, I heard that, you know, like, like Billy Graham. I, I grew up listening to Billy Graham, and Billy Graham was really, you know, on it. Okay. You know. Yes, um, like they were talking about uh, their, the fivefold. Mm-hmm. The, um, you have the apostle, the um, evangelist, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, all of these are offices, and they are called the called of God. Mm-hmm. And um, the evangelist is one of them. The evangelist is the one who goes out. She, uh, he or she, 
um, God sets, puts him, him, in, him or her into position to uh, go out and reach lost souls by proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, to win souls over okay. to Christ. So, so who called? Y'all say God called these, right? Yes. So what are these? What, you say they're gifts. No, right? they're they're. They're calling. Callings. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so I mean, what are they called? God calls you to do a work. He calls you to, he calls us to go out into the, to all the world. So you to say proclaim the gospel. You, wait, how did he call he you? Like on his, the telephone? Well, well, I mean, no, he, 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 uses his, he uses his servant, the apostle or the preacher what? to. So they call us or they gifts. No. I mean, I, I'm confused. I mean, how do you know? I'm saying you say Okay, the call, first of all, you you know, when you're, once you're born again, and you develop a relationship with the Lord, and you start getting to your word, fellowshipping with him, you will hear the call. He will speak to your spirit. Oh, okay. And then he will speak through his word, first and foremost. You got to know his word in order to know his voice, because his voice is his word. Mm. And so if you're not in the word, you're going to miss him. You're not going to know who's God or who's not, who's speaking or who's not. And um, so you're going to know that you're called because you're going to have a relationship. And God, just like he called the, the apostle, he's going to, he speaks to her spirit. He speaks through the word. He sends prophets, has a confirmation in, in yeah. different ways. God speaks and you will hear God, but you got to have a relationship with him. You got to know his voice in order for you to know his voice. You got to know his word because God is his word. Okay, so I, you know, I, I did kind of tone in a little bit to y'all pastor. You know, I kind of snuck and done it. Y'all didn't know I'd done it, but I'd done it. So look here. Now, she was saying something about ascension. Yeah, yeah. and, yes, and she apostles was sent. of yeah. the Lamb. I yeah. thought what, you had to walk. Ascension means it was sent. Sent down. God sent. He well, she was conceived. Create when she was before she was conceived. What are you talking about? I'm talking about ascension gifts or oh. something like that. What are you talking about? That what are you talking about, right? <laughs> That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, the the, I heard her talk about something about ascension. Because they had apostles of the Lamb and then yeah, the ascension yeah, yeah, yeah. apostles. Yeah, yeah, What's all that? What, what does that mean? You know what like, I'm did she actually walk with Jesus to be an apostle? That's I mean, I thought it was just the 12 yeah. that walked with Jesus. Yeah, because they say the apostles went away. Yeah. But then no. she said ascension gifts and the apostles came back. So are they going away or, they come or did back? they come back? No, no, no. Um, you know, when Jesus walked the earth in mm -hmm. the flesh, he walked with, um, there were some apostles who walked with him. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they died. But then there were some apostles that God sent after Jesus, like current day, mm -hmm. current day apostles. Okay. Those are the ascension apostles. Apostles. They they were after Jesus. They never walked with Jesus. They never walked in the flesh. They walked in the spirit with him, but they didn't walk on earth with him in the flesh. So how were they taught? Y'all understand? Yeah. How, who yeah. taught them? Who taught who taught the apostles? Yeah, yeah, the ascension apostles. Okay, they were first disciples. And then when God set up the fivefold, you know, he they were taught and then God called he elevated them after they were taught they were promoted in the spirit into these positions oh, okay. so the holy spirit through the holy spirit yes okay. thank you so I, I, I to say this though <laughs> <laughs> what you want to say um you good
All right, we give God glory. Hallelujah. Do we have any announcements? Isn't this good, y'all? It helps you to learn all over again, doesn't it? It helps you to know um, what you have learned. Doesn't it pay to be on one accord? Doesn't it pay to be on one accord? Hallelujah. We thank God. Do we have any announcements before we close? Could we get some men to stay and help move?